Hello, this is Jay Khadija Abdurrahman. Today is Thursday, January 21st, 2021. This is season three, episode one, y'all. It's 8.55 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm here with my co-host, Alain Mandel. What's good, Elon? It's so good to be back. It's so good. It's The whole world has happened since our last <laughs> yeah. episode. Like, for real, for real. Like, sometimes I feel like that, but it really, really happened. 45 turned to 46. We had a little white supremacist fascist takeover of the White House. Um, Google fired Tim Nick Gebru. Um, stuff was popping off on Twitter. But at the end of the day, the most important thing, the thing nearest and dearest to my heart is the struggle to abolish the administration of children's services in New York City. And so I'm super excited to be here with my comrade, my soldier in arms, Joyce McMillan. Welcome back to the show, Joyce. Shout out, shout out. Yes, and if you are local to New York City, you could take a stroll on past 125th Street and 2nd Avenue, um, just a hop skipping away from the ACS headquarters and see the billboard from jmacforfamilies.com that says some cops are called caseworkers. Abolish, hashtag abolish NYC ACS. And we recently had a little protest as party situation. Joyce, would you like to say anything about that event? How made you feel? Oh, ecstatic. I was extremely happy. I mean, I wanted more people to be out, but I was very happy with the turnout we got taken in consideration, COVID and the freezing cold weather. But I love that we had um, Songstress, um, Nakeba and, and Eddie, who played his guitar alongside his wife. And they just did an amazing job in telling their story. And sharing love with the crowd, making everyone feel good. It was an amazing feeling and everyone was on the same page, which was FACS. Thank you. You always want to be the boss lady. I see you scrolling towards my next intro. Um, but yeah, I'm glad you brought up the music too. Cause you know, my one little, my one little grudge was like, we can't only play Motown. You know, I love the Motown generation, but they're not the ones getting their kids snatched up. And I love that we about to introduce Eddie and Nakeba who um, had their own experience with the New York City Administration of Children's Services that they'll share with you, um, our listeners, and then also um, performed at the ACS protesters party uh, on Martin Luther King Day, January 18th. So Eddie and Nakeba, uh, if you could please say a little bit about yourselves and kind of your relationship to ACS. Hey, how y'all doing tonight? <laughs> um, I'm Nakeba, and... Um, my experience with ACS has been a, a trying one. Let me just first introduce myself. I am a singer. I'm about to be an author of a children's book called Just Try. And um, my experience with ACS happened in June 2020. I had a newborn baby in a hospital, Cohen's Children's Medical Center. And when I was there, um, I gave birth and they put her in the NICU department. They said it was first, it was something like wrong with her umbilical cord. When they cut it, it severed. Then they were saying something about how she swallowed the meconium and the wound. it was just different things that they were basically saying they wanted to test her. So when they put her in the NICU department, I was upstairs in a hospital room. So around like three o'clock 
in the morning, I get a phone call. And the phone call is from one of the physicians. And the physician said, your baby is very, very sick. She's very, very sick. And uh, she needs a blood transfusion and a lumbar puncture. And we need your consent. So um, for me, I like to think about things before I make decisions, especially when it comes to a newborn baby, because she... This, this type of operation, you're taking something that's foreign and you're putting it in a newborn. So at that instant, I did not consent at the time that she wanted me to consent. And because I didn't consent to that, um, it was different doctors, different psychiatrists coming up to the room to basically pressure me into um, consenting to this blood transfusion. Now, um, my children's father, they he couldn't see them while, you know, my baby was in NICU because of COVID. So they were like set visit times. And um, with him, he asked for everything that they gave my baby. So um, it went from something that was very, very rare to when the doctor actually wrote down what was going on. Um, it said on the paper, mild anemia and may need blood products. Then I started realizing that it was not so much about the baby it was about what they wanted to do with the baby and when we asked them different questions I mean I don't know if it frustrated them or not but we weren't getting the adequate information to make an informative decision because we did not do what they wanted to do they called ACS on us and basically said that we abused our baby that was in the NICU department so now they put Can a, re- you a yes so I just wanted to ask you, just because typically you don't do a blood transfusion for anemia, did they ever, did you ever get a further explanation? No, even like down the line when we asked the baby's blood count before and after um, the blood transfusion, which they gave to her without our consent anyway, um, they said that they didn't know. They didn't give us any um, information as to what was her blood count. So if there was something that was very dire, um, why is it that you don't have um, this information to give us when we ask you those questions? And we've been dealing with ACS ever since. Like, we were forced to basically speak to them because when I went to the hospital, like, I couldn't go upstairs to see my baby. I was banned. And then from there, like, they they said, all we want to do is see Shiloh, and that's it because now I'm getting court papers and all these different kind of things. When they finally saw Shiloh, or whatever. Now I'm I'm getting served court papers to go to court, and I just didn't understand what was going on because how do you go to court and put a remand on somebody that just gave birth that was in the hospital the entire time? Like, what do we do to our children? They we've dealt with so much things for me, even being arrested unlawfully just so that they can take our son from us. I was arrested and put in Rikers for like a month and two weeks. Because of this whole this situation, is this is due to this situation. Due did to the they situation. ever even did the did the, did the doctor ever say to you like we're gonna call ACS if you don't comply with what we want you to do? We're gonna call the police if you don't comply with what you want to do. Like, how was all of this communicated to you? Yeah, it was basically like, all right, well, if you don't, well, if the state get involved, and you know, something about the state. I didn't know anything about like ACS or children child protective services. I was just a mother trying to protect you know, my, my baby (laughs) that I just gave birth to. So, um, they, I think they, they, they try to warn us, but they never said like, we're going to call ACS. Like 
I guess the state means ACS. All, all of a sudden, I knew that I was getting phone calls at like two o'clock in the morning uh, with an ACS worker asking me about what happened at the hospital. My mom getting knocks at her door. They're trying to get inside of her house as early as six o'clock in the morning. So <laughs> that's basically um, what we've been dealing with this entire time for the past six months. And Eddie, would you like to share a little bit about how you felt going through the situation and kind of how you experienced that series of events? Yes, um, good evening. Uh, my name is Eddie Bellis, and I'm a, a musician, a singer-songwriter out of the beautiful island of St. Lucia. And um, for me, it has been a very tumultuous task, you know, when I look at the the level of things that we, we've been put through. And um, honestly... Like, I would say that I would never expect um, such um, disgusting facts from um, people that you, you would actually go to for the services. You'd pay them, like, you know, you go to the hospital, you know, they send you a bill. You, you, like, you know, you, you, you go there expecting the best. And um, when I was in that situation, um, the way it transpired, uh, like, I'm somebody, I'm very curious. I like to ask questions. And I was been, I always been like that from, from a child. And my father always, asked, always tell me, like, well, you should be a lawyer. <laughs> and I always laugh about it. But um, while I was in, in, in the delivery room, um, when the doctor was coming and they were saying um, that the baby is very sick, very sick, I was asking, and they were saying that they need to do something to the baby. My first question was like, what is wrong with the baby? It's almost like somebody's telling you, I want to take the roof off your house. And you, you, you ask them, why you want to take the roof off my house? So that's, that's, a, that's a, a simple question I asked. And um, when I asked them the question, they said, oh, she's just very, very, very sick. And I'm like, that's not, what is wrong with her? Um, I left the hospital because I couldn't stay there due to the COVID rules. But um, I, I left them. I told them that I, I want to know what's wrong with the baby before I leave. And I told them to write it down on the paper. So they went to the NICU and they came back. And then, and then they told me that, oh, they, they, had, um, they didn't know what, they, they're still trying to figure it out. Um, but they administered this and they administered that. But mind you, I'd already told, told the, 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 the nurses that I don't want my baby to get no vaccination, none of that without my consent. If you want to give me something, I don't mind. I'm not saying no, because sometimes the, the doctor knows what's best in, in, in the situation. But at least there, is, there needs to be a level of transparency where the parents can feel like they can talk to a doctor, especially when they're trusting them with precious lives, you know. So by me asking the question, I feel that's what really intimidated those people or really, you know, like to like, who are like, how dare you ask me questions? I just want to do what I want to do. And from where I'm from, I, I that's not how it go. It don't like, like my, my boy Mookie would say, it don't work like that, yeah, boy. It don't work like that. So, <laughs> but, but I me asking questions like, you know, that, um, and they didn't give the information. And then when the cable called me, told me what was going on. As a father, like the first thing you do, like you just you just very protective of 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 your of your of your of your, um, your, your children, you know your offspring. I would use for a, be, a, 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 a better term, like I'm very protective because I have an eight year old daughter, and um, prior to me being with Nikaba, and she's eight right. She yesterday was a birthday. I'm shout out to Sola. I love you, Daddy. Say happy birthday again. Um, but happy I have birthday. A, yes, I have happy an eight year old. Yeah. <laughs> shout out. Yes, thank you. Yeah, but I have eight year daughter. So like to me, like um going through certain things like that, I I've been for a lot of um things before and then she taught me a lot. So like as as far as being a parent or being a father, she taught me a lot. 
where is a, is a new era where people have information right at the fingertips where you look at the, the phone, everybody can gain information. You can just Google something, how to write a claim in court, how to, how to, um, if they tell, if they tell doctor said, um, this is anemia, then you say, what is anemia? Cause when they said anemia, I said, okay, anemia, that means the baby is, is lacking in, 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 in iron. That means she can get it from leafy vegetables and, and bananas and such. And they, when I said that, they, they, they never said anything back. They're just watching me like, oh, how dare you say that? But the thing about it is we have to educate ourselves or we can talk to these people intelligently. And I felt because it was on my, 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 my melanin in my skin, that's how they, 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 they said that, oh, you don't want to do this? Okay, so we're going to call ACS. So for me as a father, like going for that situation is just me being in my natural state where I feel I have to protect what is mine. And when somebody rob you or steals something from you, you don't want to know the justification of why the person did that. You just did it. So why do I have to listen to what you're trying to say about how you robbed me? No, I don't want to know how you came from the back door and know, oh, because you was, you was hungry. I don't want to hear that. I, you just did something that was unlawful. So all, um, all this time, even when um, they called my phone and they was telling me, oh, ACS want to talk to me. And I said, I don't want to talk to y'all. I didn't want to talk to them. They was like, oh, you got to talk to them. I talked to them because Nikaba was telling me, okay, um, they want to see Shiloh and they're going to go away. I said, I, I, don't think they would, I don't think it worked like that. But okay, if you want to do that, I'm going to support you. That's what we do. You, you, whatever my wife says she want to do, I'm, I'm going to have her back. So she says she want to talk to them. So she allowed, allowed them in. And then they, they, they saw Shiloh. They said he was good. And they said they was going to let him um, earlier go away, um, um, come home to us. That never transpired. So from then on, it's like I said, you know what? Those people are playing. Eddie, I just want to clarify for our listeners. Shiloh is you two sharing older son. And then the, yes. the baby has a different. Yes. What's the so name of the baby? Uh, um, I won't say a name because right now the ACS have been so disrespectful as far as going as far as, as naming my baby for me. Because when the baby came from, wow. the, they, they took her from the hospital and then they just sent us a card saying, oh, we have to pay this for the hospital bill. So then I was like, okay, so if ACS said, you don't give my baby a transfusion, blood transfusion without my consent, why you want me to pay the bill and what name does she have? So you give her a name based on what? So that is the question that we're asking. How far are they going to be so dirty? As far as going, as far as naming my baby for me. Like, what is my baby's name? I'm not going to say it over the air because that's one of my tools I'm going to use. What is my baby's name and why did you name her for me? You know what I'm saying? So for now, um, online, um, we do have a GoFundMe page and the same name that they use, you know. We we have Aaliyah, Aaliyah we call her Aaliyah, you know what I'm saying? And, and her real name, she has another name, she has a name. So as far as as, as that, um, just to clarify it, Aaliyah is um the baby that the atheist um, took from the hospital and um, Shiloh is um, me and Nikaba's um, first, um, first, first baby. He's, uh, he's our son. He's our eldest son. He's four years old. And I also have a baby if, um, if, uh, if my, if my, in my previous um, relationship. And her name is Sun, um, Sunshine. So that's a clarification. Nah, thank you. That's so just raw violence. I'm just, what was the reason that they gave y'all for taking the baby after all of this? Well, to me, they haven't given us any any reason because they said you know because they said neglect first, medical neglect. Because uh, one time they whispered that to me, but at the same time, my the, um, to answer your question, they have never told us what we did. Uh, even when we go to the courtrooms, because it's virtual, you know, they can mute you, and when you try to talk, they say you can. They they say no, you cannot talk. So it's like they very control how they have it in a way where they control the court system and they try to bully you in uh, over so that you can move from your your natural stand to go under the jurisdiction where they can do whatever they feel like. I want to add something on behalf of support of the family. 
not only do we know this is pure nonsense and that everything they do is nonsense and outside the realm of any real judicial anything, Eddie wasn't even a party to it, right? Eddie is home with the child, the older child, Shiloh. So if anything, and I'm not saying this is right, but I'm just saying how they skip over leaps and bounds to completely destroy the family. Why didn't they release the baby to Eddie and tell him to be the responsible decision-making party within the relationship? And um, I want to clarify it too, because, you know, at first they, they said it was abuse. And then after a while we got a paper and then it says ejected. I don't know if, if I'm saying it right. Ejected neglect and had both of my children's names. So they've been switching up whatever it is that they're claiming about us. From the, So that means well, that they don't even have their facts all together. Well, also the big problem, I mean, there's so many problems with ACS, but the way that like child welfare investigations are conducted is that it's not like a criminal investigation where say somebody got murdered and they have to prove that you killed somebody. The, the investigation is not about the initial allegation. Once the allegation is made, all they have to show is there is substantial or non-substantial evidence to support that there is neglect or abuse happening. And neglect is so broad and so subjective, it comes down to like, you know, that doctor opinion. Did, did you ask too much questions? Was your curiosity really a form of hostility and violence, et cetera, et cetera? But Joyce, I also wanted to ask you, because I know, you know, you see, you encounter so many people with these like ridiculous stories. But one of the things that stands out to me about this is like the vast majority of cases I hear either from the DV shelter or from the public school. And then typically when it's from the doctor's office or from the hospital, I usually hear around like drug testing or, um, you know, claiming that any kind of bruise is an abusive head trauma or something like that. And I'm just curious, listening to Nakeba and Eddie's story, you know, how many, how similar is this compared to the other stories that you've heard? Very similar. Very similar because all of them are based on a lack of evidence, um, biases, mm. disrespect. Mm. You know, we know that this system is connected to a system that began many, many, many years ago. The slavery system is a way to condition, to separate. A house divided cannot stand. And they divide our house through every system that we become involved in. And they pushed us to become involved in systems. As an example, families who are employed are told to take services to either keep their kids in the home or to get their kids back after they've been placed in the system. And services are not available for after hours. So the way you may have college nighttime classes to accommodate the working class you don't have um, evening hours to accommodate the working class within the child welfare system. Therefore, people are forced to leave their jobs to A, visit with their children, and B, take these classes that will either keep the kids at home or help them to reunify. It's a system. And also, what's the class for this? What's the, what's the class that you would take to them? Like, I don't even know. Don't what be it curious be at the hospital, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, basically. Basically. I, I mean, we've, ask, we've talked. We've talked in the past, Khadija, on, on the podcast about like so many of the ways that the medical system is fucked up in how it treats black people and black bodies. 
And I think there's something really uh, wild about how, like, Eddie, your story only results in, in the reproduction of itself, right? Like, you go, you're curious because you care about your child, and then the result is the involvement of the state and carceral systems. And so now anytime you see a doctor again, you are only going to respond <laughs> with more curiosity and more questions and more desire to, like, know what is actually happening. And it... it uh, it poisons your ability to treat your healthcare as just healthcare. But that's what they want. And that's how they consider themselves the winners. Because we either A, say I'm not going. I have a case right now that I'm going to court with tomorrow where the child jumped off the bed and injured her ankle. And the caregiver said it's not swollen anything, it's not broke, don't jump off the bed again, ace bandaged it, you know, rubbed it a little bit, um, and took the child to the hospital after about two or three weeks when the child said that the pain in the ankle wasn't getting better. They said the ankle had a fracture, and now ACS is trying to take the children out of the home. And so it's not uncommon that people get into car accidents, fall off their bicycle, trip up the steps, fall on ice going down the steps at the MTA, whatever happens, right? And in the moment, we feel like it's okay. And a couple of weeks later, we have a pain that's not going away that we thought was minor and find out we were more injured than what we first perceived. But that does not mean that we should run to the hospital every time something happens. Because I've seen parents who have had their children taken for that too. So by setting up traps on both ends of the spectrum, they don't give us an option. They are conditioning us to be lost and confused. Well, then, Nikaba, I was also hoping, could you explain, could you like scroll back for a minute and explain what happened with the whole, like the, the following, the police arrest and being locked up and like, how did that whole situation transpire? Oh, boy. <laughs> So, um, how I was arrested, I got to go back. This, these, these stories is crazy. Um, so basically how I got arrested, um, I was visiting my baby in the children's center, um, Aaliyah, because, uh, she was transported from the hospital to the children's center and was placed there for, I think about two months. So I went to go. Uh, see her, give her her milk, try to breastfeed her, those type of things. And then after that, um, I believe that they called the police on me and I got arrested right there. The security guard said, um, when was the last time you've been to court? Because since we weren't getting any justice and the judge was improving her jurisdiction or anything like that, we didn't want to consent to these virtual court hearings. And we even spoke to an attorney that says that all parties must consent in order for the courts to proceed because this is not a real courtroom. This is a virtual courtroom. So if anyone doesn't consent, they will have to wait until the courts open back. So that's our stand that we were taking. So the reason why I got arrested is they were saying that I was in contempt of a court order, which is that they wanted to see my son Shiloh and I was not allowing them to see my son shallow. So I, I got arrested for that, right? So when I got arrested now, the judge is basically 
telling me that my son is uh, going to be put with the commissioner of ACS. And then I was in jail for over a month and used as leverage because I was in jail and Eddie got arrested, but Eddie got out and he went into father protection mode because nobody is going to take our son from us. Nobody like they come from us. And he he went um, wherever he went (laughs) to basically protect (laughs) to protect our son. And basically they didn't want to let me go because it's either you give up you give up Shiloh. Or I stay in jail. That was basically the reason why I was in there for so long. And I didn't want to consent to anything because I felt like I was in there unlawfully. I mean, the warrants that arrested me, it didn't have any OMB numbers. They couldn't process it in the system. Um, I asked a judge, like, what crime did I commit? What was the injured party? Like, and the judge was basically saying, uh, since I didn't want to consent to their court hearings, I was going to be remanded. So that's how I ended up on Rikers Island. I went in Rikers Island to Metlock, which is the infirmary, quarantined for like 14 days. I came out of there, and then they put me with um, the the inmates in 3 East in Rikers Island in Rosie's. And I was with them, and then once they found out that I wasn't supposed to be with those, uh, those the, the, the inmates there, they automatically moved me out of there after a day and they put me down in civil five, six, seven, because they saw that I was in there without due process one. And it was a civil matter. So why do you have me with uh, inmates? <laughs> you know, they can get in trouble if something happens to me. So I knew I was in there unlawfully. My date of birth was wrong. My address was wrong. Everything was wrong. I was telling the justice, crying to her showing her like the paper that I got from law library that said that they couldn't find anything in the system about this case. And she didn't want to hear it. Even the attorney said that, um, Rikers Island was doing a judge a favor by keeping me in, 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 um, in Rikers. So after a while, I, I, I couldn't take it anymore. And the reason why I didn't want to use the phones because I was scared that the police would come and try to like traumatize my son. Because I know that um, I can get access to my children because they're mine. So finally, I, I called Bailey, and then Bailey put Eddie on the phone. He got us on a three-way call, and I'm like, you know what? Just just bring Shiloh or whatever. Because when I was in court, when I was in court, um, they told me that Shiloh was going to go with my mom. And even though I was under duress, you know, I, I couldn't take being in, in jail anymore. So... I told him, look, just just bring him, and then when I get out of jail, we'll handle whatever it is that we need to handle. So the next day, Shiloh comes. The, the, the following day, I got into an argument with the judge, and then she left me in jail another night, even though Shiloh was returned to my mom, you know, without our consent. And then the following day, I had to call my mom, and my mom had to call the, the, the attorney for CPS so that they can get me out of jail. And then when I got out of jail, they do something, I think it's called premonitions or something, because they have to ask you, like, your date of birth, your address, and none of the stuff was right. So I'm telling them my correct date of birth, my correct address, and they were like, no, that's not it. You have to say what's on this paper. If you don't say what's on this paper, you're not getting out of here. So they had to tell me the address that was on the paper tell me my date of birth. And then when I went to the next building, I had to tell the officer um, that allows you to get the commissary 
money that was placed on your booking case number, that information. And then I had to tell him that. And then from there, that's when I was released from jail. So that's my story. So six weeks before all of this, you were pregnant and looking forward to giving birth to your child. And then suddenly you're arrested, you get separated from your, your newborn and you're worried about them snatching up your son and you coming out of jail. Yes, yes. That's basically what happened. We had plans to move into a, a new place. I was going to be telling my son to pick up his toys. You know, I had pl- I would never have guessed this to, you know, happen to me. But like I said, this is bigger than me. You know, God has a plan for all things. I'm just glad that I'm being used as a vessel and I'm more aware of what's going on in this world. And things that seem to be good is not so good. My eyes are now open to what's going on, especially with, with brown families, melanated families across, you know, America. It's just it's just not right. And Joyce, um, you know, since we just had the rally uh, for abolishing ACS, given that we hear so many stories like this, you know, do you feel like things are opening up to change? Like, how do we push this forward? Because this is just so traumatizing, even for me hearing this. <laughs> and I already know what time it is. It's it's extremely traumatizing. And I do believe by holding things like rallies, we are bringing awareness to the people and the powers with the people. So when the people understand what's really happening, then we'll have the power to shift this system and tear it down because it should not be in existence. Um, if you go on to the ACS website, you will see the reason that children are in the system. 90% of the kids roughly are there for reasons related to neglect. And um, of the neglect, 7% are, um, no, 4% only is lack of medical care. But how do we process that lack of medical care? They didn't deny their children medical care. What they asked was to be more informed about the medical care that they were asking the parents to consent to get providing their child. And for us as people with melanated skin, we're not allowed to question, quote unquote, air quotes, authority. And when we do so, we are challenged and punished and made an example so that others will know not to do it. And they are an example of that because how are they charged with anything? This makes absolutely no sense at all. And to separate a child from their parent at the age um, of their baby girl is more harmful and dangerous to the child. We're being traumatized just by the trauma they're receiving. So their answer um, is we just want to control everything, unlawfully control everything, punish everyone, separate and divide the family, cause all types of havoc with no reason other than we have the power to do so. But the power's in the people. So we're going to keep having these rallies and I'm going to keep saying fuck ACS and you can bleep that if you need to. But that's what it's about. These guys mean nothing. They are nothing. They stand for nothing. And they're doing more harm than they are good by far numbers. Joyce, we wouldn't dream of bleeping you. Thank you, Elon. <laughs> you don't speak to me real nice like that, Joyce. <laughs> Elon gets nice treatment. This, you know what? We're not on FM radio. We don't got to abide by FCC. We allow. <laughs> well, fuck ACS, bitch. 
And fuck David Hansel, the commissioner. Absolutely fuck David Hansel. Well, I mean, I think this is this is one of the things I love about the billboard, right? Which is this idea of like pettiness as politics. And like this is, I think, an underexplored uh venue for political change is uh just regular and consistent and constant shaming in the public eye. Right, because see, when I speak to people, most people gasp when I read off the parallels between the criminal justice system and the family regulation system, because it clearly shows that there are two separate, supposedly, systems that are doing the exact same thing. And one is calling themselves a system of protection of children. And how are you protecting children when you've built a system for them that looks identical to the criminal justice system? Also, I think that the scary part is that some cops are called caseworkers, right? Like on one level, you know, ACS caseworkers are cops just with different uniforms. But on the other hand, that like family regulation is a different kind of policing. It's more intimate because you could take a grown ass, you know, man or woman or, you know, whatever, and put them in jail and put them in a cage that's dehumanizing. But to rip and like break kinship bonds to break the bond between a mother and a child or father and a child, et cetera. That is just, it's like a, it's a more specific, intimate kind of violence but to, to me because. Search a 12 year old who's becoming body conscious is the same type of harm in front of a parent who has no power or feels as though they have no power to protect their child from that type of um, abuse. To have your garbage can searched by someone without a search warrant, your dresser drawers, your couch cushion, your refrigerator, playing in your food. What type of foolishness is this? And Eddie and Nikaba, what is, I'm sure the ACS worker is so nice. <laughs> what are they communicating to you about when you could get your baby back? Um, <laughs> I'd like to say that uh, at some point you got to go from talking about the problem and talk about the solutions, you know. That's why, in the words of, of Joseph Bailey, you know what I'm saying, uh, what can we do now so that we can get our babies back effective immediately, you know what I'm saying? So as far as talking to um, ACS workers, I don't talk to nobody I don't have no contract with. Why do I have to do that? Is there a law that says I have to abide by some by the thief that takes my property? There is no such law that says that. If they can show it to me, then I will gladly talk to them. I, tr I trusted them once because uh, I am I am a man and the person is a man. He comes to me and said something about my property and I said okay, and then I trust you once in my uh, in my in my in my vicinity and then you 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 take my trust and you and you spit on it. So why would I even talk to you again? So as far as hearing the the um what they want to say, we hear we hear we hear them um for the court orders that they have whatever they want to say. So as far as um as um of today, like um when um. Um, and the Kiba's mom, who has um, the, the the babies, when she say that um, they say to jump jump left or jump jump low or jump right, we gotta ask we gotta ask the question like where is it coming from? Who is the man and the woman that is saying that? As but can I ask as, just a point of clarification? Is Ali the baby Aaliyah and Shiloh both with your mother, Nakeba? Yes, they are. And um, I know I know it could have been a, wor a worse situation, but um. They are with my with my mom. Grateful. And um I, I am grateful, but uh I, I am aware that I have been wronged. So uh one thing that I do um admire is that Ali and Shiloh can bond. 
and he loves his little sister so much. He has been, you know, from the time she was born, just aching to meet her. And I always wanted to see that, but I was incarcerated when that happened. So, <laughs> I mean, at least they're together. That's that's all I can say. They're with my mom. Yeah, but but just and, to answer the question, yeah. like yeah, are we um her mom tell us what they say, and you know they still have to come to us because like they say, oh you still have your rights, Eddie. You still have your rights, yeah. So if we, that means that um uh, what 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 we say, what we do matter. That's why um we we stand back on um what can we do now? You know what I'm saying? We don't want to talk to them because every 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 word you say for them they use, and they say that whatever you use and whatever you you what words you say can be used against you, and they write about that because every time we talk to them it's like they take our words and they twist it up. So we don't want to talk to them unless you you're trying to bring a paper for me, and I want to see who's saying this paper, and then we can we can talk it out. So as far as um what they're telling us to do, um, is a lot of things that um you know, but we are I, I don't think that I am gonna be be trying to negotiate with the thief after he takes my property. That don't sound right at all. Well, I'm just curious. Like prior to this, was your was your mother kind of like against against you guys? Like it just seems what. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that she would allow. But I guess, I don't know if I would say surprised actually. But it's just in, well, one is that I'm grateful that they're not with a random foster parent and separated. So I am grateful for that. Yeah, we um, gotta go just back to also the, feels like they're manipulating. Yeah, you gotta go back to the rule of um how to how to take over a kingdom. You gotta divide and rule. You gotta come down and you gotta separate. You know the families and that's what they do. They they are experts at doing that. Coming in there and even when I spoke to Miss Joyce, she was able to give me an understanding that Eddie. Yeah, Nikiba mom them did what she did because she's trying to help Nikiba and you know she goes forward and say, No, I I wanna help. So of course they're gonna talk to her and you know and try to you know, you know what ACS do, they do what they do. But at the same time, it's like if it's causing a wedge in the family, that's by design because it's not saying anything to support Nikiba, it's to go against contrary to what she believes. They they have been um using this for like Miss Joyce say for ages where you know they come in the community and they, they divide people you know so so we are we have the tactics and one of the things we have to be mindful of is to that know that if that's the the, the tactics that they are using we we don't want to allow that to dis- divide our families so that has brought us even you know more aware of what's going on and how they work and how, and try to find ways where we can patch patch in and we you know whatever hole that they trying they trying to you know you know plot yeah because um definitely it's. There's been some division going on with with my family, especially with uh, them not agreeing to uh, Eddie's action of taking a stand and, you know, protecting Shiloh and me being in jail. So, I mean, they always want us to focus on uh, the problem. But it's, instead of us focusing on who's the real problem, who's, who's the people that's insinuating uh, what's going on, you know, which is these ACS people, the courts and everything. Um, but right now, I, I just want to focus on all of my family just coming together because I know that together we stand and divided we fall. No matter anyone's opinions, we all want the same thing. We want Shiloh and Aaliyah to return back <laughs> to me and Eddie. And have you, now that you've gone through the situation, have you had the opportunity to connect with other parents who have been separated from their children? Oh, my goodness. Um, Since we just decided to display our, uh, our experience on Facebook, I have heard stories of mothers who 
were taken as children and placed in trafficking and group homes. And these stories are just horrific. horrific. Um, so I'm glad that I'm able to connect with other people and to also see what they have gone through and the ways that they have combated um, CPS and ACS. Prior to this experience, what was your knowledge or conception of like the family regulation system? Was it something that you were aware of and thinking about? Or was this really your first kind of like yeah, this awareness my, of this? This is my thing. I thought that those people were good people. I read the story of Child Called It when I was in middle school and how the mom used to abuse that little boy. And, you know, I was glad when, you know, he, he got some help. but I didn't know that there was corruption um, until it, it, it came on my, my doorstep. I wasn't aware of any of those things that uh, they, they do behind the doors um, and behind, you know, behind closed doors. So no, it wasn't until um, it happened to me that I opened my eyes and started doing more research and, hearing more stories of other families that were affected by these men and women in these positions abusing their power and abusing their authority. It allows me also to look at things differently. You know, what what, what is presented to us in the media, um, is it really what it says it is? No. Or is it something totally different? Totally um, different. I, I question it. In criminal court, right? They you commit someone's accused of committing a crime, and still the police cannot come into your house and arrest you until a judge signs an order, a warrant. With ACS, an anonymous person can call into the state central registry, and activate this agency to come into your home and take your children without a court order. What? I, I can't understand. I mean, I just simply don't understand. If in another um, civil court proceeding, I had your property in my house, there's not a child property, right? Um, I don't know, your camera. If you came into my home and took that camera and I'm claiming it's mine, you could be arrested for stealing from my home. But in this case, you can come and take a whole live child. You can't even go on a man's property upstate New York and take his fucking cow. His chicken out the coop. You will be charged with a crime. And we have an agency that has been given the power to come and take people's children and create the outcomes that they create as well as break the bonds to the family. Without any oversight, without any accountability and with all lawlessness. Yeah, it's not right. I mean, like even hearing about um, them putting our names on a state central registry, I'm hearing about that. Uh, it, it's like a defamation of character because it's like, if I want to go work with children, you know, like I went to school you know, for for fine arts. If I want to get into that field to do something, you know, on the side, like now you just interrupted what it is that I wanted to do because you want to put false allegations against me. 
and defame my 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 character. It's just not right on all levels. You you don't do that based off of accusations. I mean, if there's hard evidence, then there's hard evidence. But if it's based off of, of, of assumptions, um, it's not right. You shouldn't you shouldn't do that to anyone. Yes, and I want to make a point as well. Um, but that that goes back to um um like I said, the age of Aquarius. Um, like us knowing um certain things. So that we know how to move um, going forward, because even um um one day when I when I went into protection move and I had to um secure my son, um when they was coming to my 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 mom's house and looking for me and all my family's house, you know, at one point it was getting so intolerable that I had to you know tell them that they have to stand on the and 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 on the amendments and the constitution because every public officer you know takes an oath you know he solemnly swear to abide by the laws of the constitution whatever so it's up to us as you know as people you know so to to let, to let them hold them accountable to what they say that they they swear by oath you know and the penalty of swear by oath yeah sorry that they're going to uphold. So, like, I, I told my mom, like, the fourth, even the Fourth Amendment, where it said the rights of the people to be secured in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrant shall issue but upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched or the person and things to be seized. So why would you come into my mom's house? This is not for... It's looking for me. That's my mom's house. So why would you try to violate, you know, violate her, her own personal space? So when she, when she, when, when she was informed about that and she read about it and she, she wrote it down and she spoke to the cops, they never came back again, because we have to hold these people that that, that have those offices accountable for what they we sworn them in office. Because we obviously go vote, go vote, but as the person that I'm voting for, electing, you know, I like really the type of the person that's going to hold that same thing that he said he's going to do. Are we going to just let people come in and say, vote for them, and we're not going to hold them accountable to the actions? That's where they become bullies because you just feel that you got this position and now you see people that you might want to take upper hand and you just do it because, yo, I can't do it. You know what I'm saying? Even when Nikiba was arrested in a criminal possession, the Sixth Amendment said, um, the, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury of the state and district wherein the crime shall or have been committed. So Nikiba never got that. There was no due process. There was no, no trial by jury. We never had that opportunity, but still those people felt that, that they, they, they could have done that. Now, if you know somebody that knows that or somebody knows that, then they can bring that, you can bring that point up because it's, it's a valid point. Because those people swore, they took, they took oaths, you know, I solemnly swear. All of them, the police officers, the, they say, we say that the cops are caseworkers. Yeah, they, 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 they took an oath too, to abide by the same laws. So we have to hold them accountable. Exactly. <laughs> well, we, I just wanted, we almost at the hour mark, so... I really appreciate y'all for sharing your story. And I was hoping that maybe we could end with you talking a little bit about your music. Deja, I'd like to add, if someone commits a crime, then we should handle it in criminal court. If there's no crime committed, then what do we need ACS exactly. for? I mean, I would just like to add, you know, crime was something invented to legitimate state violence against black people. So I don't know if we really need to like push it towards criminal court, but maybe they could just stop policing black families and separating them. Good point. Oh yes. Please tell us about the music. Yes. We need some, we need some hope because I mean, I actually, I was just listening to this zoom webinar yesterday with this amazing black critical theorist, um, Bedora Allegra. And she was talking about catastrophe 
and apocalypse and just how this basically how this Babylon society always got us in a moment of panic and thinking that all is hopeless. But even despite terrible things and people being separated from their children, we move on. And what does that like moving on allow for? And like, what is the potential of the way things could be totally different. Like that's the whole thing with abolishing ACS. We literally could just dismantle this agency that's harming and separating yes, families. And so I don't know, <laughs> I kind of connected to your music in that way. And that you guys are like breathing new life into something. even. Yes, as uh, and I want to thank Miss Joy for uh, making a valid point at our last interview that we did in Brooklyn. I wish she said that um, we have a lot of artists in the industry that uh, I'm vouching for, you know, prison reforms like Jay-Z, you know, Meek Mills and a whole lot, lot of them. I think Kim Kardashian too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah a lot of um, you know, artists are, that are vouching for that. But um, there are other um, issues that are very, you know, much as important in, in, in our communities that we we know we can definitely vouch for. And since we've been artists, you know, because I met Nikaba because uh, she's an artist and I'm an artist, you know, so we was able to connect that way. And ever since uh, the music that we've been putting out, you know, consistently have been music that have been. Uh, I would say like, you know, like uplifting, you know, because um, we, we, we normally go on the New York City subway. So if you're in a shout out to the NYC subways, yeah, um, you know, and we, we, we try to bless the people. And, you know, sometimes it's, 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 it's important to see the impact that you have, you know, with, with, with your, your, your talents. Once, when it's right in your, in, the person is right in your face, it's like direct marketing. So we was able to, you know, we are able to, you know, tap in that source and, you know, and to bless people, you know, you know, in return for, you know, for the compensation. We thank y'all. But as far as the music is concerned, um, it's perfect, like she said that to us, because um, we, we, we found, we, we, we saw that it was vital so where we can incorporate our music just to give people hope because we are one of the many going through the situations, you know, and if we have a voice and we can use our voice, you know, why not cry together? You know, the more we cry out, you know, the more noise we make, you know, so I, you know, I applaud anybody that's listening, anybody that, you know, going through the situation and have a way where you can help out, you know, now is the time for us to come together when, if not now, when, you know, so um, that's, that's my take on the music. Keba, you want to say something? I agree. <laughs> he said it all. We <laughs> can sing y'all something. Can y'all hear that? Yes, please. Yeah, yeah. please do. And it don't stop pouring 
raindrops I keep falling I rise up and I'm yawning telling my people good morning yeah yeah it's a brand new day got to do it in a brand new style despite the nature of the forecast for sure you know you got to stay focused every single day blessings keep falling down but we got to keep strumming, gotta keep going, gotta keep flowing. There's no limits to the things you get to, cause the sun will shine. And that I'll be waiting for, mighty long time. You. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> We've never had somebody perform on the podcast. Thank you. I just want to say thank you to the parents for showing the strength that you show. And when I hear your music, when I see you, when I speak to the two of you, I feel nothing but love. And I am so sorry that your children are missing these moments with you. I'm sharing the love that you guys share with one another. And I just hope this is ends real soon. And whatever you need me to do to help it come to closure, I'm going to be there to do it. Well, so what I want to say is this is the first episode of season three. And ultimately, at We Be Imagining, we really feel accountable to, you know, the people in the streets, the people that are getting their kids snatched up by ACS, the people who still in Rikers while fighting the, the COVID-19 pandemic, dealing with the other pandemic of state violence and incarceration. Um, that's who we are accountable to. And so I really um, appreciate y'all helping us to, to set the intentions right on this path for this third season, because it's not just about like, the suffering and the harm is also about the fighting back and then imagining a different system and, you know, figuring out how do we connect and unify our families despite all of the things that set up against us. And so thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. We appreciate y'all. pleasure. Yes. Thank all praise you. is due to the most high. Yes. Yes. Thank you. And please check out our show notes. We will have to go <laughs> in the show notes. <laughs> um, and please rate us, review us, and listen, we coming for you. You know, we can see y'all. No, I, I really can't see y'all. <laughs> threatening our audience, Khadija. This is not helpful. <laughs> I can't make surveillance jokes on the tech podcast. You now, nah, first of all, we're not that advanced. We're not that advanced. We didn't start taking clear view penalty or money yet. You know, diversify the web. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> Where is this going? Abolish, <laughs> hashtag abolish ACS. Listen, I told you, ADD is almost 10 o'clock. Um, and please, you can check us out on Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple, and also on the Columbia website, uh, we be imagining at the American Um, And that's this, y'all. 